1: Earmuffs for the kids for 15 seconds. Bitches, screw all of you. <laughs> Whoa, all right. he said he had a the, weird
0: idea. The, He's going for the it. The
1: greatest line ever uttered on WWE television uh, to end SmackDown this week. Bailey full-on heel turn. Chris, we are still in the same week as Hell in a Cell. How is this
0: possible? Uh, because WWE's main roster is a product right now that is very much on the search and the search is ugly, and it is happening in public.
1: Yeah. um, If you haven't watched Hell in a Cell, uh, I'll give you a few things to look at. By now, all the takes are ice cold, other than the fact that apparently you're not allowed to use a sledgehammer like a sledgehammer in terms of its actual usage in WWE. Hunter can bring it in, hit you with a handle, hit you with, with the metal part, You know, in terms of in your gut. But if you are to swing a hammer like a hammer, disqualification, this match has gotten far too violent.
0: The thing I had the biggest problem with in that match was not even the 10 finishers, although I'm aware that there were far too many curb stomps. It was the ref moralizing. If Mm -hmm. I never, ever, ever see a ref moralizing spot like that ever again, I will be very happy because... Yeah, the disqualification was ridiculous. The, the fiend, eh, eh, that little fucking, <laughs> I'm sorry, that little sound hit that keeps happening, like it's it's so bad. Um, and on Friday on SmackDown this week, I turned a quarter on it, Jeff, because. I started laughing when the fiend showed up during that Roman Reigns Seth Rollins match. So like I've now completely I've I've jumped the shark on this. It is now just damn funny to me. At like it's it's horrible. It's like some of the worst bre- some of the worst best Bray Wyatt ever.
1: My my favorite comment about the Smackdown thing was a guy who responded to my snarky tweet. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, we can put all these chairs and tables and kendo sticks underneath the ring. But the hell mouth might have been a bad idea. <laughs> you know, a, a portal into into the <laughs> into the nether world. And then there was smoke for just a moment. Michael <laughs> had to sell it idea. like he got dragged to hell, but it wasn't even like the out of the match. God. Hell horn swaggle and tasty beverages all underneath the ring.
0: Uh, no, it's but, really, um, really, really bad.
1: Yeah, if you want to hear my hot takes, I was on the Fightful Post show. Uh so what's worth watching, mostly anything involving the women, I thought was great. I thought the Becky Sasha Hell in a Cell match was quite good. I thought uh Charlotte and Bailey told a nice little story there, even though they've now switched that title twice in one week. And uh and the uh the ladies' tag team championship match, uh good especially for the ending. Asuka is now using the green mist. It's something I've wanted for three years. It's just not something I want every week.
0: Yeah, I think they are banking a little too much on that to get them over as heels. I think the cool factor with the Kabuki Warriors, coupled with right now a lack of real heelishness from them is going to ultimately turn them back face unless they do a little bit of a course correction here to make sure that they're very strongly heels. But then the other issue here is there are no strong baby faces for them to play off of. The Alexa-Nikki Cross pairing has always been done as like a tentative pairing with the breakup being teased down the road here. And I think the audience has been onto that so they've never fully bought into that pairing. And you don't have great foils for them to work against to really get themselves over as heels because, like, you know, your Becky Lynch's and stuff, they're tied up with the, that alpha storyline going on right now.
1: Well, Kyrie Sane and Bailey were the two most natural babyfaces to ever babyface in WWE, and they couldn't figure out what to do with them. And the problem is you make babyfaces so dumb that when they finally have had enough of it, and they snap and they do something you think is heelish, Everybody applauds as a release to finally you're sick of taking this crap.
0: Yeah, it's the passive aggressive person finally snapping. Yeah, yes,
1: and it's been happening up and down. Like, I love the reaction to Bailey this week. I think Bailey's gonna be a hell of a heel because I think she's not the best actress on the roster, let's put it that way, but she's able to channel certain frustrated emotions that you could see in her baby face work as well. So I think she's going to be fine in terms of that, but it's like your baby faces are now Charlotte who god her and Bailey beat the crap out of each other this week. I got nothing but respect for them between those two matches. They were punching each other in the mouth. Um, great, but but yeah, like you said, you don't have any like every time you get somebody you think you can get behind to root for, that's purely good. They have to do something self-interested, and that's viewed as a positive state. Like Ember Moon, when she when she uh, eclipsed Bailey during the tag match because they're going to have a they're going to have a title match against each other. It, it's just up and down this card. You don't have anybody purely good. It, it's at it's at. I think it was Lawler who once said that all women secretly hate each other. And I think it's a misogynist point of view that they actually believe in management there. So that, that's an issue. Meanwhile, you have Riho on AEW, who is possibly their hottest star right now.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Do you want to talk about NWA and AEW before we get back to the WWE yes. made products?
1: Yes, because there there's a lot to learn from both these shows, I think, in terms of when you're framing the WWE product. But, man, I loved NWA Power for what it was. Oh, yeah.
0: NWA it- Power is awesome, especially at the budget that they're working at. It's great.
1: It's intimate, which is great. You can do really great promos and back-and-forth promos that you can't do in an arena.
0: It feels really uh, kinetic. All, all those promos yes. can segue perfectly into the ring because you're walking a few paces from the promo place to the ring. Um, I, Yeah, no, I, I love that very intimate vibe it kind of reminded me a little bit of lucha underground or it's a little bit of the vibe that lucha underground and the temple was able to capture with the temple vibe uh but nwa does it even more i love eddie kingston i think eddie kingston yes. is is a yes. really really great underdog type character and they did a really nice job getting him over in this first episode
1: this this week when when they're talking about kane velasquez and Ray being the uh, vocal poor, of course, of course, Dave Meltzer comes out and goes. You know, it would be great for that is Conan, and it's just like Conan is just going to come out and make homophobic references. And hey, I also did, want
0: my friends to get work, Jeff.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to say that, but that's I'll say it. You. Okay, okay, <laughs> Thank whatever. You. Um, I thought Eddie Kingston would be a great mouthpiece for Cain Velasquez because he the, he's in the or he was in the Evolved family at least in that circle. If he was unsigned, I would have signed him because, man, for this NWA show, a guy that can talk, and you you saw it with Eli Drake a little bit. You saw it with even um, uh, Aldis, Nick Aldis. I mean, the talking is going to make your money here. N- and Nick Aldis it's is something, great. It's something missing in wrestling, and it's what the, the these Wednesday night shows don't get still, is that you make your money with your mouth. and And – You know, sure you're going to have squash matches and you're going to have 50 year old Tim Storm who was fantastic. Yeah he's really great respect.
0: too and and I love I the, loved video the video package. The video package was great so yeah he's old. Tim Storm's old. Let's say it one more time just to get it he's out of the way old He's and old and grizzled. He's old. He's, he's grizzled old. and he's and weathered. And they did a great he... job leaning into that rather than running yes. away from him being old. Rather than acting oh, like cool. Yeah that, he, yeah, yeah that he's it's not cool no he's a family man. He's a grandpa they volunteered that rather than running away from it they lean into it and that works because then Jim Cornette's on the microphone on commentary and going for his age look at his physique and he is in great shape for his age but just generally in great shape so like no I I thought that that was great I, I liked that match a lot and I just loved all of the promos that Nick Aldis had to do throughout the show. I remember when he was Magnus, I was still doing the stipulation podcast like a thousand years ago here when Voices of Wrestling was still uh, put out on cassette tape. And, I, like, <laughs> and he has come such a long way from Magnus, although Magnus was that first flash that he can actually kind of carry at that elite level. But Nick Aldis now is just... So much more advanced than that, working, kind of trying to carry that prestige of the brand, acting like he's a baby face, but he's really a heel and he's really a bad guy. And he did a really nice job flashing that bad guy character steadily throughout the show while still keeping the veneer of being a good guy. And it's such a such a fine line to be able to walk tonally, especially off script. So I was really impressed by that. I liked the main event. Um, I, I thought this was a very, very good show.
1: I would agree. I think my one critique is that Jim Cornette's trying a little too hard. And you can hear him thinking on commentary, what am I supposed to be putting over here right now? As opposed to just kind of relaxing a little bit. I like his I choices, hang though. Back a little bit. I,
0: I feel yeah. you on that. But I, I his choices were so refreshing because you're finally getting to hear the type of stuff that you've heard Cornette talk about on his podcast, which I admittedly don't listen to a whole bunch anymore, um, or like you know his old shoot interviews and stuff, when he talks about what he feels is wrong with the business. It's really nice to see him applying his critiques to something constructive, and also to see those constructive critiques being applied in a way that I think is valid, and I think is really entertaining.
1: I thought AEW was okay um i'm not it, it's not it's it still scratches my itch in terms of the two wednesday night shows which i'd rather watch really because i think i think the i think the energy of aew and more you know i mean look i'm, I'm partial to tully blanchard whenever he's on i'm partial to cody Rhodes' thoughts on booking because i think he's the strongest of anybody out there right now in terms of storylines and logical progression and building up to big matches but i am going to put over hard chris jericho that promo on wednesday night in terms of if wwe had just had steve austin come out and when they start whatting him shut down that what chant in 10 seconds this business wwe would be a far stronger promotion but jericho got to talk And he got to shut down that we the people chant. Even though he broke the fourth wall a bit. I I will excuse him that. But just shutting down things that are antithetical to what you want to get across. Is so important. And feeling the crowd. And they're not allowed to feel the crowd in the WWE. They're not allowed to take it wherever it goes. Because they have points they got to get to. And certain verbiage they have to say. And it's just. It was one of those things where I went, yes, God, get rid of this what chant once and for all, please, because you're killing your undercard wrestlers every time they come out and try and get themselves over.
0: I didn't feel like he healed enough on the crowd. I would agree. Yeah, I thought that was a big problem with that promo. It was a little long for me. I, I agree with all the strong points about that promo. I thought shutting down the We the People thing was good. I thought that he got over the inner circle good. The inner circle Um, how do I say this nicely? Uh, do not feel like a premier top of the card. Okay. So let's, let's try this a different way. There's the undisputed era, there's Imperium, and then there's Chris Jericho and his four friends and Jack Swagger. Um, so (laughs) like, like when I'm talking about the overarching top heel factions, there's a little certain something missing from the inner circle. Let's just be real about it.
1: I think LAX is out of place here. That's what I think. I mean, Guevara's fine because I like
0: him books, as but- Jericho's like little twerpy protege. Like, well, yeah, he no, did. he's perfect for that.
1: If you read if you read comic books, you'll get this reference. Chris may not, but but I, I'm gonna. Say, if you remember Iron Man, Iron Wars, um, and the Justin Hammer faction of villains, Sammy Guevara is the Blizzard. He's the young guy who just got this technology that an older guy used to have. And the more veteran villains are like, all right, look, kid, you're, you're, you're okay, but follow our lead. And then he gets a little headstrong from time to time. And the villains just leave him every time because it's like, look, we can't handle this kid. That's Sammy Guevara. And I'm loving that storytelling.
0: No, I like that. But then let's go to the other thing. What I found so refreshing about NWA power that AEW is still leaving me cold on and it has been a long-standing complaint for me with WWE, particularly the main roster product, is NWA has a different match format that I feel is much closer to the style of wrestling that I like. Watching AEW Dynamite this week, I was watching that Young Bucks match and that Young Bucks match against Private Party. They did so many spots that should have been pinning combinations and we do kickouts for big two counts. And like... I do want a different style of match from WWE, but that ain't it, Chief.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, No, I I would agree, and everybody's saying that's the indie style, and this is going to get okay. Then I don't care for
0: the indie style in quotes. Um, Find a different style. This is going to
1: transition. This is going to transition me into our WWE talk because I, we, we, you and I were talking about this before a little bit before um, we went to air. I think NXT is in real trouble and i'll tell you why it's not just the demographics it's not just it's it's not just AEW's cool factor it, it it has a lot to do with what NXT is right now in the market share NXT does not have an identity NXT when it was on the network was our little form of rebellion against the main roster just quagmire of crap and sports entertainment that was our little wrestling show one hour a few promos here and there in and out and now that they've brought it to usa it's it's a two-hour it's a good wrestling show
0: but it doesn't have a flavor
1: it's a great wrestling show with no flavor nothing about wrestling other than the actual wrestling it's it's I don't want to call it Smackdown with yellow ropes. No, 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 it's way, no,
0: it's not. It's definitely not. It's distinctively different from the way that the main roster products are done right down to the fact that they're not constantly like hammering you with the Fox in USA.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll add on to your, your statement. It's, it's different, but there's nothing to differentiate it.
0: Yes. And they're not actually trying to differentiate themselves from the main roster product, which I think is one of their biggest mistakes. I actually think to make it framed like a little bit of an internecine war um, that NXT is sort of revolting a little bit from the Raw and SmackDown brands or has a little bit of a disdain for the Raw and SmackDown brands and views themselves as their own separate co-equal brand, I think would do a lot to make this feel like Rebel Headquarters again a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the two hours is hurting it a little bit. Because it's just so much rest. It's like eating ice cream for breakfast every day. It's so rich, and it's giving you a tummy. Ache. They
0: need to do more and angles. You. I think is the issue. Yes. Like there needs to be yeah. promo. So like I think the one thing that AEW is doing right, and also what NWA Power is doing right, is they're sprinkling in the promos much more heavily and doing storytelling. And NXT has been so all out about putting out a good wrestling show and if you go down this card these matches um with the exception of the Forgotten Sons who are the Forgotten Sons um these were all good matches um they were all well worked and the wrestling is good but I if you've just started watching NXT in the last few weeks here who's Isaiah Swerve Scott to you
1: exactly and 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 they didn't really bring up anything he did on that 205 live where he got over really big either right when he fought Gulak, yeah it's, it's they didn't really get Gulak over he was in they didn't really get leo tournament. rush over remember him he was in that tournament know, okay he lost in that tournament first round i believe he lost in that tournament so you know what's the use but uh let's clean up some news and notes from the main roster for getting into our network programming uh as i stated before we've had a switch in a a lot of the major titles uh the smackdown women's championship has changed twice charlotte winning it at hell in a cell bailey winning it on friday at smackdown to secure her heel turn Um, i'm liking bailey's new look i want some new gear it sounds like she has some new music after she won they played a different song Um, i'm down to see what she can do with the character
0: yeah, I think it's a nice fresh coat of paint for her, and I am down to see what they can do with this character. I, I'm glad we've been talking for months about her moving away from the kind of kid friendly "let's hug Bailey" to doing something different. She's doing something different. Let's see where it goes. I'm totally in favor. Yeah, if of they're this. not gonna,
1: if they're not gonna, if they're not going to cash in on the kid thing, there's no reason to try and expand that character. Yeah, it, it, it's really one of those things. You know, hey, you know, it w- was a good idea to everybody except Vince. Just wasn't a good idea to Vince.
0: And I hate to say it like this, but we've probably gotten really close to the end of the viability of that kid-friendly character with this particular performer. She's, you know, like, yeah, she's approaching my age, which, you know, in your thirties, it's weird to be the zany kid guy.
1: Yeah. It's a little, yeah. That was, that was Bruce Mitchell's point. It was like, Oh, you're, You're the arrested development person who's still trying to hang on to your youth when you're in your 30s. Yeah, right. It has a different Um,
0: vibe. It goes from being the young dreamer who's finally, like, lived out their childhood dream to being the person in denial. The
1: children's birthday party performer who is still doing it in their 40s, but they don't have a retirement plan. You know, that kind of thing. Or you're just like, oh, oh, or you're going to the other one, the Comic-Con conventions where you were famous for a role for like three years in the 70s, but you're still dressing up in the costume. That kind of vibe. Uh, the women's tag team title has switched. The Kabuki Warriors are now your new champions, thanks to The Mist, as we said before. Um, interested to see where this goes. They need a manager, in my opinion. Page isn't coming back. Uh, Gary Hart's not available, but uh, I do think they need a mouthpiece. Even though I loved that they let... They let uh, Asuka and Kyrie do promo in Japanese. I thought that was awesome.
0: I've got a name for you. Stokely Hathaway.
1: Yes. Yes. Malcolm Bivens. Yeah. Malcolm Bivens. Yeah. No,
0: I I think the impulse is to give them a female manager. And I think this is almost more fun with a male manager. No, no, like sort of sexual dynamics or anything like that going on there. But I want someone who like he looks at them like the meal tickets
1: and this is no offense to stokely who i love but he's also a smaller man and i think that's a better dynamic than having a guy like gary hart who could over who would you know be a lot bigger than the people that he was managing At sometimes, I I think Stokely Hathaway has that perfect body type to be the manager. I
0: think they have different plans for him based on that little Leo Rush cutscene. That was wonderfully done. Like you know, we we were bagging on the backstage universe. Describe
1: it for people in case they haven't. Okay,
0: so after Leo Rush. Has won the championship. Which I I mean, there are issues that we didn't really get Leo Rush over as this like underdog guy. And Moro did his best in a limited time frame. But backstage, he's celebrating, and there's a bunch of the who's that of NXT coming up to Leo Rush and going, Hey man, I my name is this and shaking Leo Rush's hand and introducing themselves. I'm making a joke here. But in the back Far off in the distance, in the background, you see Stokely Hathaway just leaning up at the end of the hall, watching all of this going down. And I thought that that was really nicely done.
1: Yeah, I thought it was nicely done. If they're going to do something, if they do with something, it. my it. fear, my fear is they were doing something that's big in um, uh, movies and TV. Um, it's called uh crossing patterns, where you get you get a bunch of extras. And in order to make it simulate that there's action going on in a place, as opposed to it being very stale, you just say, okay, when we roll action, count to three, and you're going to walk across the screen to the other side. And you're going to look like you're working on a computer or something. Sure, sure. But Which is what it came off to me as. I, I didn't see it as an Easter egg for Malcolm Bivens. I saw it as malcolm bivens doing extra work but uh that goes into my that was my next point leo rush is your new nxt cruiserweight champion um i wish i'd get rid of this belt if they're gonna if they're gonna fold it into nxt uh get rid of the purple belt that's all i want but i liked that i loved that match that match was great we'll talk about it when we get to it um a couple more quick things no Mae Young Classic this year. I find that sad because I think it's more of a positive for women's wrestling, but women's wrestling has grown to the point where everybody's getting signed. So talent's a little bit harder to come by. So maybe it's good that we don't have it
0: anymore. Yeah, it's true. You know I have more competitors and it's just a it's a great marketplace right now for labor, which is good.
1: It would be great if they did Mae Young Classic, but for all the women across all the different brands. I thought that that would be an interesting
0: That would twist. be interesting. And I think, you know, this kind of goes into WWE's. Look, they like being able to say women's evolution. And they like to yes. be able to edit together a 120-second video package that tells a convincing tale that there has been a narrative of progress in the WWE over the last decade. And it's bolstered by the fact that they got rid of a butterfly belt that was still around in the 2010s, but they also don't necessarily seem concerned with having the best women's wrestling in the world.
1: No, they still want models. Yeah. They still want model hot women, um, <laughs> which is my fear. I thought Bailey was going to definitely be taken to NXT during this entire draft because she has so much goodwill there and she's a good wrestler. She can be a wrestler there as opposed to a personality.
0: Oh, that Um, draft boy, they made, they made drafting seem boring to me. And I have been spending the last week, Jeff, getting ready for my fantasy basketball draft, spending hours a night working on, like, finding statistical outliers and stuff. I am a guy who's excited about a draft, and they somehow managed to make me bored about drafts.
1: Not only was it boring, but for the first three or four rounds, they were going in the exact order of the press release of the people eligible for the Okay,
0: let's go a little bit further on the rounds, right? So, like, they make no sense. There's absolutely no draft strategy for either one of these organizations well, because you would want yes. to draft the people who hold the titles. And if you're a Fox in USA and you're really trying to play up this ham handed Fox versus USA angle, cause you think it's really smart. Um If you know, yeah, it's a good idea. It's definitely one they thought out really heavily. Um If you're doing that, the idea would be to poach champions from each other to shake things up, um, to make it, you know, feel really fresh. And that would be the first thing you lead off with. To make sure that people who are watching this show on Friday night, for whatever reason, go, oh wow, it looks like SmackDown just poached AJ Styles in the Bullet Club, and now they're coming over to SmackDown. That was a bold move. It looks like we got ourselves a little bit of brand war going on here. That first round was super ho-hum.
1: Vince McMahon doesn't know sports. Right, he doesn't watch sports. he He doesn't know anything about what makes a draft exciting. He doesn't know anything about trades, and they've been doing this for years.
0: He probably thinks fantasy sports has worked.
1: (laughs) I just, yeah, it was so, it was Stephanie and they're doing the whole dumb for, you know, Raw gets three people for two because their show is three hours. They make it more difficult than it is and then they make it more boring. And it's just, the only shocking thing to me, really, is that the Street Profits have now been officially drafted to Raw when we thought they were being sent back down to NXT because they weren't being used on Raw. <laughs> it's just, and they got another title shot, and maybe they're finally going to do something with them other than we want the smoke promos. Uh, so Aimless we them. want
0: the smoke promos. Like, we want the smoke yeah. is just a phrase that they say that is devoid of all meaning.
1: Um, Finally, uh, WWE securing itself as the chilies of sports. Uh, announcing Tyson Fury versus Braun Strowman and Cain Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar for Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. Chris, how much help are the Chinese giving you on your basketball draft?
0: Oh, on my basketball draft? (laughs) Tons. Yeah, I get all my best dirt from the Chinese.
1: In a a week where... You're go- look, let, let's get all the problematic things. Hey, on remember the table.
0: last week, Jeff, when I said that this Saudi Arabia thing could be a little bit of a bugaboo for WWE? And you're like, "Oh no, I, <laughs> I don't <laughs> know." <laughs> so go ahead with your point.
1: No, I, I agree, it's a bugaboo. But you, you, and now you've compounded it with the addition of Tyson Fury, who has had a few opinions that aren't very popular with the kids, um, especially. I can't of, uh,
0: believe that they did the lucha mask thing in the WWE package.
1: Yeah, well, no, that's that's uh, that, that's Cain Velasquez. I'm talking Tyson Fury.
0: No, but uh, Tyson Fury also, he had some sort of boxing match down in Mexico oh, where right. he comes out that's in right. like a luchador mask to kind of, you know, poke at at the culture here a little bit. I can't believe they included that in the package. I think they just looked at him and was like, oh, wrestling. Sin Cara wears a mask.
1: <laughs> There's a part of me that thinks Vince is singing back going, We're not even the most problematic sports league this week. The NBA stole our thunder. Damn you. Um, Yeah, I, it's obvious to me they want this Saudi Arabia show more and more because you remember last time all the hype was, this will be greater than or equal to a WrestleMania. They want this to be a WrestleMania now because they're just getting paid way too much money. To have it just be a throwaway.
0: Show. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's also coming from the people who are paying the money too. Yes, they want this exactly. show to feel massive, to be one of the biggest yeah. in the world. And in order to do that, you need to have the car crash, Tyson Fury stuff. And, and can I just say on uh, the NBA real quickly, uh, not to defend them, I'm definitely not defending them in their position on China. I would well, sounds
1: like you're defending them. No, a, uh, well, here, here comes the no, bug. here's what I'm gonna say.
0: <laughs> Everyone has changed their mind on the NBA expansion into China over the last month here. And I think if you go and check the record from 2018 and past, there were a lot of voices all across the political spectrum that were super in favor of sports leagues going into China and expanding into China, including WWE expanding into China. And only now are people starting to realize, oh, that might not be uh, such a problematic free relationship.
1: Well, when you take a holier-than-thou position in some ways, I mean, look, I have there are at least five friends of mine who canceled WWE because they were so angry about this Saudi Arabia thing and and the Jamal Khashoggi thing. And to a person, those five people's favorite sport is the NBA and the NBA is the greatest sports league in the world. It's about teamwork and look at how they're expanding into Asia. (laughs) And you're just like, you got any thoughts today about that?
0: No, and again, my only thought is in 2018. You're fine. No, no, no one objects to it. Yeah, like yeah, no, that's no, yeah. fine. No, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Uh, I, I, I'm glad that people have come around to the right position, but um, there are a lot of people who are dunking who were in the same camp as all of us like a year ago. That's all I'm saying.
1: Well, I mean, as long as you admit that you have some morally problematic positions, sometimes because you like money, and you like finance and you understand these things, sometimes you have to deal with people of various shades of gray in terms of their morality compared to yours. I'm fine with that. I am – I am. as long as you admit that you're not pure as the driven snow, I'm great. No, I I James also Hard- think James that – James Harden has to take off the Shea t-shirt, I, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> so, look – I think that a number of companies, and it's not just the NBA, but a lot of global organizations need to. Apple. Yeah, they need to rethink their relationship yeah. with China. Like, like, I mean, like that's really kind of the serious political point here. Um, beyond the, the UFC. Yeah, no, it, um, it's it's certainly
1: even AEW. We we've mentioned AEW is going to have a China problem, and with WWE with has go, is going
0: to have a China problem too. Yeah. So no, like I, I mean I, I this is we're talking about the NW or NBA, and we're having a little bit of start NWA is probably the only one that's not going to have a China problem. Um
1: they might you never
0: know <laughs> cornet wants to expand <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no but i, I I'm, I'm with you I, I think that a number of companies that like and it's not just exclusive to the nba or wrestling are going to really need to rethink their relationship with china in the coming years here
1: <laughs> cornet coming out in a... <laughs> he could have a different type of problem china. with
0: china <laughs> red,
1: red, red china army hat. A... behold our glorious leader he's the best <laughs> Just, oh, my God. Cornette's gone hard the, the other way.
0: Juche Cornet. Oh, my
1: goodness. Uh, but, yeah, that, uh, that kind of covers everything main roster. I just, I, WWE is their main roster for all these season premieres and draft between the network contrived stuff. They just seem uncool as hell. I, they just seem like they are just trying to throw whatever and going. see people like us see people like us and it's coming off as desperate.
0: In my yeah, opinion. it's not even like the NXT stuff. It doesn't even feel desperate. It's like they're not aware they have a problem that this thing needs to be flavored up that you need to go into this TV era and sort of think of it as a reset button a chapter restart and I thought that NXT the first week did a really nice job but you're a live show and you've got all this other wrestling going on in the atmosphere right now that your audience is taking in so you as a writing team need to be calibrating your writing against NWA against AEW looking at that what are they doing not now NWA but AEW the last few weeks here And, and thinking about like okay how are we going to be counter programming that? What is our big angle? And it feels like you're getting little teaser of that. Imperium's getting built up. It seems like we're eventually cruising to a little bit of like an Imperium Undisputed Era clash, maybe like the Tommaso Ciampa stuff. But if you ask me what the flavor of the NXT Two Hour brand is, and, and even more sort of troubling the NXT UK brand, I couldn't tell you. Uh, NXT UK. Minus the horrible betrayal of the hunt by Dave Mastiff, the coward, um was actually an okay show, um but is just flavorless.
1: Yeah, these people don't have personalities they have They have jobs that they do, and they have taglines associated with their jobs, but you know everything's about their job as opposed to who are these people and why should we care about and him? nwa and did it's, such it's, a good job
0: getting over yeah. why we should care about tim scott why we should care about eddie king's t- yeah tim storm uh, was, <laughs> tim, tim,
1: tim Scott. Tim, tim yeah jeff's Jeff, like let's yeah. do let's
0: do a different promo uh, uh no yeah tim storm why we should care about him why we should care about um i mean i even know josephus josephus is probably the only character on nwa that felt like an anachronism that didn't necessarily need to hang around yeah
1: and he was he Was corpsing, which is a problem with, with that. It's like if you're gonna call somebody out and be angry when they come out, you can't. He did,
0: yes, no, he totally didn't believe the gimmick. Um, yeah, it's the other big problem, too. Like, I, I, the gimmick definitely has problems, but the other problem is that he didn't buy in. Um, so kind of that tangent, but I like the fact that NWA makes me care about the baby faces mm-hmm. and yeah. NXT on TV. Um, and NXT UK has not done a very good job in recent weeks making me care about the baby faces.
1: God, God bless James Storm. I I, I I felt bad for him when he when he didn't take the NXT offer. I think I think he comes off real well on that show as well. But let's get to the uh, network stuff. Where would you like to start, Chris? Well, I, I include NXT in the network stuff, so I, I think that may be a bit incorrect. But any, any yeah, because I didn't even—I forgot
0: stuff. that 205 Live even ran this week, so I didn't even watch it. So, did you?
1: I watched it. Um, I'll, I'll go over it real quick. It was okay. The crowd was into it. Uh, Danny Burch and Oni Lurkin defeated uh, Drew Gulak and Tony Nice in a in a fun match. Uh, I think they're starting an, a losing streak gimmick with with Drew Gulak. Uh, you know, they they kind of went over the partnership and stuff. But it was a nice, hard-hitting little match. It just, you know, it really didn't lead to anything. Um, there was a squash match with, uh, I believe is was Aria Devari and Chris, I want to say Chris Day, who is the, who is a, uh, He's a local Nevada guy who holds a couple. I think Maverick Pro Wrestling is one of the belts he holds. I'm trying to remember. It. I didn't. I didn't take notes on all this. I, and I just watched it this morning as well. So, um, and it was it was a fun little match. And then they had uh, Akira Tozawa and Brian Kendrick, you know, in a plunder match, which was cool and people got into it. Although people were, you know, it's it's the, it's the main roster crowd where if you're hitting each other. Hard with kendo sticks and chairs they're chanting for tables. Kendrick is really is good in plunder
0: matches, too, usually. I actually yeah. generally like him in those type of matches.
1: and that ended with Mike Canellis coming in and helping beating down Tozawa. okay. so I mean it was it was kind of a nothing show. They really didn't go hard about Leo Rush winning the title, which is weird. Ways, I it may I feel like it, the Leo Rush squ- thing
0: was a bit rushed. I, I think that that was a late decision.
1: It was a weird week for that kind of thing yes. because, like, it like, felt like they the said Seth we Roll- didn't have the the a Seth big Roll- title Roll- drop
0: last week, and they got that feedback, and they're like, oh, okay, let's do a big title change. And they shot it off with the cruiserweight title changing.
1: Well, like, the Seth Rollins Hell in the Cell thing wasn't even brought up on Monday, even though it had happened 24 hours beforehand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I feel like any time yeah. you bring up Seth Rollins now I have to like make that noise and like the lights have to go red in my apartment.
1: Oh, God. I can't that's the other thing. Just cuz we're all over the place today and that's fine. That's what this show does. Smackdown drafting Bray Wyatt. What?
0: Uh, the and the best part is be... the image for Bray Wyatt is not the fiend who's been the guy you've been trying to get over, but sweater vest, Rick Santoro-looking Bray Wyatt, who we never actually see out in public. What?
1: The show that was going to have to make itself more of a sports-like feel drafts the more sports entertainment character on the roster. I, I was gobsmacked. I just went, okay, basically this is how I thought it was going to go. Is that WWE would say, well, you can make this product anything for anybody, and they're just gonna give them the high hard WWE product.
0: Yeah, no, there's no recalibration. I I, I no. have serious concerns about the uh completion of the Fox contract. I could see Fox going, This isn't working. FX
1: one. Yeah. They're going to FS one. I I they they have to, and it's gonna be such a Well, actually, you know where they may go? They may go and ask to do like Wednesday nights <laughs> at eight PM, and then maybe oh well maybe we can move NXT that's the desperation move a that switch. buys
0: Vince time right like if it's not yeah. working on Friday he goes well damn it we got a wrestling war going on here on Wednesday
1: nights uh, and let's see if we can help our corporate partners and give give you know give USA more of a boost and then we can give this to to Fox and since they don't really want us anymore yeah you know that that kind of thing I don't think that can happen without a lot of a lot of giving money back and a lot of concessions. But, uh, that also that is going to require
0: AEW's ratings to go in the right direction here.
1: Yeah. I mean, you got baseball right now. You got a bunch of things you never know. I mean, it's they're not growing, which is scary. No, they're down 400,000. It was like, well, let's see what this is. Oh, it's just wrestling. It's just wrestling. That, to
0: me, is the clear story on those ratings. And like, it's the same thing with people checking out. NXT. I think there were a lot of people who are lapsed fans who were like, "Oh, the Wednesday Night Wrestling Wars, the like the Monday Night Wars are back." A little bit of a nostalgia kick for the Monday Night Wars. They tuned in, and it was not scratching that itch.
1: So, well, and let's end with NXT. Let's get NXT UK out of the sure. way. Uh, you are you are slandering Dave Mastiff for not being for not watching monitors while he was getting uh, ready for his match and not coming out and helping the greatest tag team in the NXT universe. This opener was the awesome.
0: Hunt. Like, can I just say the hunt this versus is, when, pretty when, deadly is amazing.
1: Yes. We were asking for this when pretty deadly came out. We wanted the hunt to kill these fools and the hunt killed these fools. I want, I just wanted, I wanted, uh, I wanted the, uh, the wild boar, Mike Hitchman. I just, cause I'll, I'll still call them by their names. Cause I, otherwise I'll forget them because they've dropped the names. Uh, I want him to bite one of those guys face off. Primate just J Melrose everywhere.
0: Primate J. Melrose, J Melrose is a really, really good hot tag. I like yes. him a lot. Um, it, he seems he was a little more uh, stout a few months ago, and I think that actually kind of wears better for the character here. But no, I really, really like Primate J Melrose here. And then those horrible cowards Imperium came out.
1: I'm not going to trash Imperium because I like. Them. No, it was cowardly really though.
0: It's cowardly to go after the hunt
1: the way that they did. I loved Hitchman's roll into the tag where he just does a barrel roll. You know, he's not trying to crawl through anybody's legs. He's just going to be like, "Hey, I'm just going. I'm going to do a. Uh, I'm going to do a chop block on you or something, and try or a roll block and see if I can get through." And he did. And I, I howled at that. And then yes, uh, Eichner and uh, Bartel and and Bartel. I'm forgetting names for some reason today. Eichner and Bartel came out. Nice brawl here. And then, of course, the the psycho of Imperium, Alexander Wolf comes out, makes a three on two, and they get beaten down. And Chris, for some reason, then goes, well, Dave Mastiff's back there. Why didn't he come help? Yes, because after the last NXT TakeOver UK, you had
0: Dave Mastiff back there with the hunt and going like, lift yourself up, boys. Oh, you got to lift yourself up. Where's Dave Mastiff? Where is he? Huh? Huh? Too busy worrying about Jordan Devlin. Uh, yeah, no, coward.
1: Look, a professional athlete who is focused and not watching television—that—that that is what he is.
0: No, a bad Dave friend Mastiff. who doesn't care about the <laughs> success or failure of his friends is what Dave Mastiff is.
1: I want, I want the hunt, and I want Ever Rise best of thirty-one on NXT regular TV on USA, and uh, these teams will get themselves up. I'm, I'm fine with <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, the aforementioned uh, Jordan Devlin comes out. Jack Stars. He makes it all in. the way
0: to the ring. And when he did, I actually was like, hey.
1: Because <laughs> you know when Jack Stars comes out. There's a 50% he's gonna chance die. he's not
0: going to make it there. He's
1: going to die. That too. Yeah. I, uh, I'd i love to see Jack Stars get a bit of a run on 205 or NXT. Just, just, just to be in there with guys. Because he's good. He's really good. But he's just so small.
0: I think it would be fun to have him get like upset victories over some of the undercard guys, like beating a Wolfgang, beating a Mark Coffee, um, even yeah. getting a win over like a Fabian Eichner or something like that. Just to establish Jack Stars as this like weird scrappy underdog who could sneak one out on you.
1: Yeah. I, I like that. I like that. I like the way that you booked that. And and then occasionally him over the states for a reward for being a good hand and let him do like a match against drew gulak on 205 or something yeah i'm i I like that i liked this devlin i i love jordan devlin as the prick who hates everybody including other heels i he's amazing at this because he's calling out everybody on the roster he doesn't care and that's such a great bad guy to be, as opposed to, these bad guys are my friends. Nah, screw them, too. I, I, I love Jordan Devlin. I hope he gets a little bit more exposure on US NXT as well.
0: Yeah, no, he is a star. It's the combination of Prince David and Chris Benoit just kind of like rolled into an awesome little package. He's awesome.
1: Who can talk yes. as well. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, unlike, yeah,
0: unlike Benoit, yeah, I mean, even... Prince, or Devlin. Yeah, De- yeah Devlin, not great <laughs> either. No, Devlin's captivating, and he's intense, and he's got swagger. I like this guy a lot.
1: He's just always, he's that guy at work who's always angry, no matter what. Say, so, hey, we're getting free lunch in there. Oh, the calories. Oh, I don't want that. <laughs> I I love it. And then, of course, Dave Massive comes out, having having eschewed his friends in the hunt, as Chris Coward. also want to say coward and uh, challenges Devlin to a match and uh, they don't go at it. So
0: No, and then he has a match against Kenny Williams that kind of continues the uh. storyline of Kenny Williams uh. not being able to win. But God, these matches are so boring.
1: Matches boring. The spot where number one, Kenny Williams, nobody should ever be taking a spot like that where you're thrown over the top rope to land on your feet. I bought in for a few moments until he eventually started putting full weight on the foot again. But nobody nobody watches Kenny Williams and goes, man, I feel sorry for him. No,
0: there's no sympathy. <laughs> there's no nothing for Kenny Williams. And so when they finally turn him heel, I, I mean, I guess the only thing you could say is, oh, well, his heel turn will go smoothly because no one's buying into him as a babyface, but the whole point needs to be people are rooting for this guy. Oh, come on, Kenny. Just, you know, dig one out. Like, we're cheering for him. We're cheering for him. And then he finally decides the way he's going to get this win is by hitting a low blow on a guy like Dave Mastiff, and he pins a dude he shouldn't have beaten, but he does it by cheating. And you want to be happy for him, but you can't be. There's an emotional state, that I'm supposed to be at with Kenny Williams that they have completely missed.
1: I agree. Uh, be It would be bad of us to overlook the fact that uh, Tom Phillips is now the voice of NXT UK. In addition to 205 Live, that's where he ended up in this big shuffle. So he's going to be getting uh, lots of frequent flyer miles and ability to uh, DM people on Instagram. Yeah, I was going to say he
0: gets to work uh, the <laughs> British circuit now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh they also brought over uh the ring announcer from nxt uh i think her name's carolyn oh,
0: okay
1: and i and i really like her um it looks like they're i don't know what that means for rancy i hope they're keeping rancy but uh we'll see uh i bring that up because the uh <laughs> the noam dar trent seven interaction i loved mostly because i love angry sid scala yeah no he's angry great Angry sid scala is the best and I I I love just the little sucker punch Noam Dar did with his left hand that caused all of that. And then he just he doesn't even flinch in terms of he he doesn't he doesn't sell that he punched him. It's almost like it never happened. But he's also not over acting on that thing like, oh I'm so innocent. It's like, oh I just punched him in the face and it happened. This but was a I small spot but together. this was
0: done so well. Like like th- yeah, this yeah, I so too. It, kind of at the same level I felt with like NWA power with the way that they this spot worked really well. And and so, you know, when we're talking about the NXT stuff, it does feel flavorless, but it's not as though they don't have really good workable elements that could very quickly be retooled into being dynamic beats inside of a weekly television show. Angry Sid Scala, definitely part of it. Trent Seven on a quest for justice as the dusty roads of this brand. Absolutely. Gnome Dar as the annoying little trickster shit who's always trying, getting into trouble and always trying to wheel his way into the main event angle or doing something and working with each heel every week. Uh, They've got pieces here to work with. They just need to work with them.
1: Also flavorless was this Gallus South Wales Social Club interaction. Uh, the South Wales Social Club or flavorless. So social club, yeah. It's hey, we're small, we got we got we got the hometown pop and we're gonna kick your ass on this one thing. It's it's uh I don't see them having a long, lengthy title ring, let's put it that way.
0: And then this Piper Niven versus Jazzy Gabbert match. Loved it. You, I liked it. Loved it was this. a good match. Really scratching my head that we just gave away Jazzy's first pinfall.
1: Yeah, I'm a little... Because I think they're just going to be moving over uh, Rhea to NXT. So I think that's why they did it. It's a little bit inexplicable in that one, but I liked the Ginny interaction. I liked Rhea coming out and they're finally going to just establish her as pure baby. Yes. Because I liked liked the post-match between Piper and Rhea going, hey... You know, I know we beat each other up a few weeks ago, but you know what? We're cool now.
0: Um, Rhea's going to do what Rhea's going to do is her baby face character, which is what kind of yeah. a cool baby face is these days. Um, and you kind of need her to be a little bit like chaotic neutral, but like maybe even chaotic good. And I think that Rhea Ripley is actually a great cast for that.
1: She's a jerk, but she's your jerk. Yeah. And you she's know, generally, kind of
0: she's doing good things, but in a jerk way. So, so NXT, NXT. All right. Where do we begin with NXT? When we talked about Drew Gulak and Leo Rush, I really liked that match. I just thought that it needed
1: the match, needed better framing. The match itself was really good. Uh, they They played into the dual screen better this week. I think instead of just grabbing a chin lock and doing nothing, they actually did things during this break which I think they're starting to learn that, yeah, you can't take a break like you can on main roster television after a dive and do nothing. You have to actually do something during the show. Leo Rush, people still don't know whether or not to cheer him or not because they can just see him go and heal at any moment. But uh, They didn't the really tell the
0: babyface story with Leo Rush. I, I think he's yeah. a really natural babyface. And Morrow's kind of on the right track here where you talk about a guy who – when you saw him before he was kind of going through some stuff upstairs and he was not necessarily entirely himself and he's a good guy but like a lot of people has some troubles and sometimes that can like cloud things and cloud your judgment. stuff. i think there's a much more sympathetic and constructive narrative for leo rush to get him over with people and then also you know lean into his undersized nature and everything a like, gulag's grudging respect, leaning into gulak thing.
1: bullying him yes Lean into gulak bullying him during the match and really taking a sadistic approach to trying to beat on the smaller man and you'll get him over as a better baby face when he overcomes that i didn't i, I i'm going to i didn't let you finish your point and i apologize but the gulak respect thing i think is great for his character but i think it needs to be counter counter balanced with drew gulak being the Philadelphia stretching machine in the ring where he's almost a Dean Malenko type trying to just bend a guy into every type of maneuver and exact pain. And if you can get through the pain and beat him, then you get the handshake, but just beating him, you know, doing moves. I, I, that was my part of this match that I did not care for. I thought it just seems like Leo rush just kind of caught him. And I, I, I thought a stronger win coming from, behind would have been a little bit
0: better as i said i look at this match and the vibe i was getting was they got the feedback from the first week of nxt versus aew of no title change said oh we need a title change and hot shot at a title change beth phoenix still very bad on commentary i just wanted to mention that somewhere in the middle of this show um not good at doing her job and on smackdown here when you're watching the draft stuff there's Samoa Joe, who's actually talking coherently about stuff with Renee Young. And then we go to the right side of the table with Booker T and Marble Mouth, <laughs> Beth Phoenix. And it's just agony.
1: My favorite thing was glad you're here keeping the lights on in your house. Yes, that,
0: little, that was so funny.
1: Little, you know, because they're they're not. It's like, was that a dig at at? at moxley no they're friends just just you know it's a friendly shout out to him yeah no and, and awesome. he's also yeah, like ripping yeah
0: it's just a good-natured rib with it renee yeah
1: booker's bad and beth phoenix is still brick handling from anchorman <laughs> it's and just yelling things and you're just like okay beth
0: i there are times where nigel will ask her like a direct question that gives her the ability to take the question and she retool answer. it and just like springboard off of it and, yeah she just bulldozers past it it's hilarious
1: it's 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 like beth you were a champion once. What's it like when you're in a posi- in a, in a Working a, from in a, a point uh, of
0: strength. You, when you were in the ring, Beth, you wrestled as the more powerful competitor in matches. Tell us a little bit about the psychology of that.
1: It's very important to do in a, in a, in a in a position of strength. And she's really working over that arm. And <laughs> It's not even strength. She didn't yeah. even
0: say strength with that one. She was like, well, I think yeah. Alexa Bliss has a lot of heart, but she needs to come back.
1: It's like, it's like, did THQ write your lines? What are you doing?
0: <laughs> they they should. They should just get THQ to record a whole bunch of Beth Phoenix lines, and then you can have Nigel just hit them, and he can just play off of them. You wouldn't be able to tell I the just difference. Wanted to
1: yell, I, I just wanted to yell, I love Lamp. <laughs> just once. Just once. In the, just see if anybody notices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was unfortunate, but uh, continue. Please. Forgotten
0: Sons defeat Brizongo. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, I just, all of these guys are so boring to me.
1: Nobody's being helped. Yeah, no one's helped. The Brizongo aren't the destruction crew of my youth. Uh, it appears they're probably doing a village people gimmick where they're just going to come out as every single member of the village people at some point.
0: I'm guessing they're not going to come out as the Indian chief. Just tossing that one out there
1: i have a joke for that i can't say it on air uh let's continue
0: (laughs) all right next we have cameron grimes defeating boa
1: fine squash this is the magnum ta uh build one one move and you're out although the look over there thing was a bit uh
0: yeah and then killian dane comes in and beats up boa Which I thought was weird. So, like, I'm fine with Grimes, but I had almost forgotten about the Grimes spot to begin this match because all of the back end of this was about getting the heat on Boa, and people were chanting for Boa at the end of it. So I actually think that the way that they did this was a little bit counterproductive for Grimes because Boa became the focal point of that segment.
1: Yeah, I don't, uh... I mean, I don't know if it... It's probably not going to lead to a Boa killian feud. not a feud but but killian certainly a match. Kill, a match yeah
0: and then they're gonna yeah, try to I get boa like over that, a little I, bit during that match
1: I, I don't like the way those feuds are built where somebody just comes in and beats a guy and then another guy comes in and beats on that guy to send a message to the guy who just beat him it's like look if you got a problem with him go in there and fight him i, I it's it's just a weird way to build a feud you're building a feud based on getting sympathy on a guy who you're going to give nothing to.
0: Damian Priest had a video package which kind of explained why he attacked Pete Dunn. To my eyes, the video package did something's good. I like the archer, I'm taking my shot thing that did a good job getting over at you least. I, yeah. I think that like makes a little bit more sense out of the archer gimmick than just the art. Yeah. I, I mean like, look, it feels kind of like a non sequitur. No, it's, yeah. it's
1: fine. It's just one of those things that's weird for us. that you like that. Cause I trash this archer thing every week. Yes.
0: But like, at least they're leaning into it. So I, I don't love the archer of infamy, and I don't like the shooting the name in flames on the screen thing. That's still cheesy. Yeah. But like, I get it. He thinks he's a hot shot. Okay, um, makes a little bit more sense, um, but yeah, there's certain things about this gimmick I still don't care for.
1: The response by Pete Dunn is what I liked. I liked it that they brought in Pete Dunn's history at NXT UK, yes, and the fact that he breaks fingers. Hey, how are you going to shoot an arrow with no with no fingers? Now, if you got, if you're going to lean into the archer gimmick, then then the the way to counter go against that is to have Pete I'm going to break your fingers. About, yeah, I'm just going to break yeah. your hand. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I'm totally on board with that. So, you know, like, look, it's the archer of infamy is like a very WWE phrase that means nothing. But (laughs) given what we're working with. Yeah, I know. Given what we're working with. Yes. And and saying I want to live in infamy. I'm like, you should get a dictionary and look up what infamy actually means
1: is yeah is is Damian Priest going across the country with like Gina Davis entering archery tournaments and you know winning those and then coming back and wrestling as a side gig no he came to WWE to be the Archer of Infamy there's no archery in WWE so what are you doing? It's just a dumb catchphrase.
0: Yeah, the Archer of Infamy makes me think of like a serial killer who kills people with a bow and arrow. That would be the Archer of Infamy.
1: It's <laughs> Like the infamous axe murderer. I don't think that means what you wanted to mean. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, man, my name is Infamous. Yeah, look up Infamous, my dude.
1: Yeah, look that up, kids.
0: All right, and then we got to our... Uh, no, this was not our main event. Then we got to Roderick Strong versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. Fine match. Um, We discussed this a little bit earlier, and that's kind of my standing complaint. Isaiah Swerve Scott, in the context of this product, feels like nothing.
1: Even with the video package, because all they did was rerun the, the tournament package, where Swerve just means confidence. Okay, great. And he went out there, and he had a great match, and got over and lost because he was a dope, which is a little upsetting. I'd much rather you get lost or you lose on your merits And then you can respect that a little bit more than he was distracted for a moment and then got kneed in the face. It's just like, oh. Yeah, I need the Undisputed Era to do
0: more meddling things. I don't have a problem with them coming out and mucking up the competitiveness of matches. That's actually kind of a classic wrestling trope. But
1: they need to do a better job
0: actually... Making the babyface feel like he was about to win this match, but for the Undisputed Era. And that is, when the Undisputed showed up, that is not what felt like was happening at that point.
1: Yeah, if you're going to do the Horseman template for the Undisputed Era, do it all the way. Where you have the guy facing the young guy in a one-on-one match, and the young guy has the pin. And then the other guy's just running and beat on him, so he doesn't get it they could have just done a horseman beat down here and it would have been fine for swerve. Scott, somebody comes, the locker room comes out and saves him, and then they can cut a promo and then do the Velveteen dream thing up there. What are, what are you thinking about the Velveteen dream going back to his roots and kind of the, uh, um, androgynous, highly sexualized, velveteen dream gimmick
0: i think it's better than him being your nostalgic wrestler of yesteryear gimmick yes. so you know, i think it's a i think I it's agree. a market improvement i think it probably serves better a little bit of the younger demographic too um so i think that like no it's a smart move i also like that with this gimmick the velveteen dream can appear in eccentric places and give you different visual staging ideas for the nxt show
1: I don't mind the crass knock at cocksmanship because that's an old school staple to question people's manhood that has been taken out of wrestling in many, many ways. So I, I was fine with that too. I, I, it's, it was a nice little old school touch. I thought.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I had no
1: problem with that. I, I think that that's just I mean, Dusty used to talk about Ric Flair. Oh, you say you're a 60 minute man, but I heard after a minute, you know, whatever, you know, he, you know, everybody would make comments about Ric Flair, bragging about how long you go with it plays into the
0: who is the better man sort of thing and it's not as though like you know one's ability to perform sexually is uh, unlinked from their you know ability to perform one's sex so yeah
1: well it's also it's also you know it's also the easy thing to go to and it also makes people angry sure sure. If if you if you question somebody's manhood they get angry so, it, it was logical. So, I liked yeah,
0: it. Yeah, no, I, I had no problem with that. Um, we had Bianca Belair defeating Dakota Kai. I thought that this was a bit huh. surprising. Yeah. Huh.
1: I get it. I um, get it. It's weird that they've done both these stories with Tegan and Dakota. Yes. Well, I guess our team Kick, But, uh. <laughs> I still, with both of these women, I have a problem with them doing shining wizards with knee braces.
0: I on. think maybe both these women end up going heel at some point. And I, I'm with you just uh, like, okay, not just from a like kayfabe standpoint. I do think it's just kind of dangerous to be doing shining wizards with a yes. knee brace on. I don't know. Call me yes, old fashioned. I agree.
1: I, you know, I thought after the emotional return a couple weeks ago, I thought they were going to maybe she's the one to beat Shayna because logically in story. If, if you're big on continuity, Dakota Kai should be the person who beats Shayna Baszler. Because she was the only one in the locker room who stood up to her that first time. This is interesting. Um, Bianca Belair, not quite babyface, not quite heel. And I think they need to decide. Because they, they, they want her to be a big star. But they just don't know what side of the ledger to play Yeah, on. so that promo they, was a that.
0: mistake. Because she literally positioned herself as the gatekeeper to Shayna Baszler.
1: Yeah, if you want to get the chain of Baszler, you have to go through me. But it it's I like it for the sports field because of course you shouldn't have friends and stuff like that, but her and Rhea Ripley are basically doing the same
0: thing. Right. Right. And then you also feel like Bianca's about to get fed to Rhea Ripley. So
1: I'm fine with her getting fed to Rhea Ripley. I don't I don't mind that. I think it's burning through material a little bit too quickly. I agree. I think that's something you could and I think it
0: burns between. through Bianca I I don't think yes. that Bianca can keep taking L's. So her losing right. to Rhea Ripley, I do think, is a problem down the line here.
1: I mean, that's a feud. That's a feud I want is Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair because Rhea Ripley is so big, and Bianca Belair is so athletic. I mean, I, I could watch those two go at each other for a while, especially. You know, especially if Bianca pulls out some of the some of the hits that she hasn't pulled out in a while, like the moon salts and the four fifties and the hair whipping. I mean, I'm I'm down with that. So yeah.
0: Then we had Walter defeating Kushida in a match of two un- undefeated guys. I think there was really no kind of doubt that Walter was going to prevail in this. Um, what do you think about this match, Jeff?
1: It's Kushida's best match he's had since coming. Out. Yeah. I mean, that that's all I can – I mean, other than that, it was kind of expected, you know, that Walter was going to beat him down. Uh, I liked it. I didn't love it. Yep. I it, thought it was fine, it, was but it, it
0: was a very bland main event. Something. Yeah, it was missing something.
1: It was it was missing spice. It was missing heat. It was missing really him beating down. I never
0: bit on Kushida against Walter. I never
1: bit on him winning. Nope. Exactly. You got to bite on the guy winning. Otherwise, what's the use of having this match? Oh, we skipped one by the Who way. Who we skipped? Because we went we went over the Rhea Ripley. Uh, oh, we skipped
0: the squash match. You you want to, you want to go back to the? Oh yeah, let's look, look, let's go back to Aliyah getting squashed I by Rhea Ripley.
1: No, no, but I I wanted to put I wanted to put over that finishing move. I loved it. Oh
0: yeah, no, that's good. No, she did a good job. But yeah, I I went past that because we talked that's about all. Rhea Ripley as a babyface. I felt like we hit that note. And no, she did a really good job with the uh, stretch muffler that she transitioned into a slam.
1: Noof is never getting anything. N- no, it's just, no, yeah.
0: Vanessa Bourne, um, like, teasing for one second she was going to get into the ring was funny. But, uh, yeah, otherwise, no, <laughs> no, Leah's going nowhere.
1: Yeah, uh, going back to, sorry, going back to Walter and Kushida, I, you know, Kushida has never been put over as a personality, and that would have helped, and Walter is 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 the big boss.
0: He needed to beat so why do you- some of these Imperium guys. Like, Kushida? should have dropped Alexander yeah. Wolf, especially when you were doing all of those Alexander Wolf squash matches where he was getting these wins. Perfect setup for Kushida to beat Alexander Wolf. And then have him beat Bartell and, and then like Bartell goes up to Wolf and is kinda like, ha-ha, see, you're that's why you're the low man. And then he beats Bartell and then he beats Eichner. Um and then he builds up to Walter and Walter cuts him down.
1: And then and then they've joined him up with Brizongo, who nobody cares about either. So it's one of those things where it's just like
0: well, they can all, all right. wear vests together.
1: Kush- Kushida is a Japanese superstar. That's his gimmick. Japanese superstar. Nothing else. Japanese superstar Kushida. Look, we're five and years into like, this okay. uh,
0: Japanese talent coming into WWE, and I'm just going to go out on a limb, Jeff. They've done nothing they're with not anybody. particularly good at booking them.
1: No, any foreign talent who thinks they're going to be, well, we'll use you as a, to open a market up into your home country.
0: And then, yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> Make whatever. sure that contract has a lot of zeros at the end of it.
1: Yeah, K- K- Kenta's over in New Japan going, yeah, that's what they told me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I liked NXT, but man, it feels it feels like a big meal with not a lot of spice. Yes. It's still very good, but it's just like, what what is going to differentiate this from any other WWE product with, with different people any
0: other products we need to hit this week or have we covered all of the 25 hours of wrestling that's on every week
1: someone asked me what else have you watched this year and i said because <laughs> i have no time i do occasionally I get asked about other brands
0: <laughs> like oh chris do you keep up with uh this indie promotion or that indie promotion i'm like guys do you realize how much wrestling we have to watch to do this show <laughs>
1: it's not necessarily jeff are you looking forward to new japan <laughs> i'm like oh Did you watch TNA this week? I I
0: always make time for Wrestle Kingdom. Um and I will occasionally have like TNA on or something, like when I'm doing some editing or whatever. It's on in the background really intermittently, but yeah, to uh do the big wrestling digest that is this one hour show, it requires digesting like eight hours of wrestling and then breaking it down into thirty minutes of takes for me and Jeff.
1: We still we still enjoy wrestling, guys. And it, it yeah, you, know, you shouldn't complain about because you're getting paid for this or whatever. and whatever. It's like okay, great, but you know, it's one of those things where it's like, it's still a lot, and we love doing it, but it's it's a lot. And this week on pay per view week was a lot because you know you had the extra five hours to watch. Oh, I'll admit uh, that I
0: don't watch the pay per views live anymore. I, I catch them all in rerun. Cool. Yeah, no, I, I mean it's just you, you can't. I, like the amount and of I, stuff I that we watch. watch yeah. I don't
1: watch. I don't watch the main roster live anymore that yeah. much unless I can catch part of it before I leave work because, you know, I just need the that little time I have for commercials to just kind of get through it all. But uh, give a few plugs for the shows on the side. There's now a new Wednesday Night Wars show with our friend Garrett Kidney, who doesn't like WWE, which is very weird to be doing a show comparing AEW and NXT when you don't like one of the products, which he has said he doesn't really like NXT all that much. But they do like a scorecard of who won the week, et cetera, et cetera. You can listen to everything Elite, um, the AEW centric show with those guys over there breaking down everything. Uh, we'll still continue to do, you know, hit things here and there. We are Shake Them Ropes patreon.com slash Shake Them Ropes. Although <laughs> we don't have any new audio because there's just too much video to watch on this side of it. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow Chris at Chris Novembrino. You can just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. Follow Voices of Wrestling at Voices Wrestling. And you can follow any other personalities or whatever their things are. But Chris also does other podcasts that he has plugged on this show during the show, such as don't worry about the government. I didn't plug
0: during this episode, but normally I thought you did. No, 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 no. I, I was spamming oh, the plugs on the last episode here. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, you know what I was thinking? I was saying of our conversation before we rolled.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we did. We, we kicked it off with a little bit of like society talk uh, with Hawk mm-hmm. and Nove. Um, China talk. China talk. <laughs> uh, don't worry. About TV is where you can find Don't Worry About the Government, my news and politics show, the All in the Family podcast. We just had a really good episode come out about the 1972 election. So for those of you who are interested in the election historical parallels and all that sort of stuff go and check out the episode that we had uh mike comes into money where mike gives all of his money to the mcgovern campaign great episode um really fun conversation i had with my co-host lindsey duke you can find that uh, all in the family podcast.com. i'm at chris Novenbrino on twitter
1: you can also go to the uh Show site at redcircle.com/slash. I believe it's "Shake Them Ropes" all one word, but you can find the voices of rust. I think there's a donate button there if you don't want to join the Patreon. We thank you for listening to "Shake Them Ropes." I love heel Pam. I'm Beth Phoenix.